welcome to Tuned to Yesterday, broadcasting shows from radio's golden era. I'm your host, Mark LeVanier. Sitcoms coming up in this hour. Later on, we hear Ed Gardner as Archie in Duffy's Tavern. But right now, it's the Burns and Allen Show with George and Gracie. The CBS broadcast first heard on July 8, 1940. From Hollywood, the George Burns and Gracie Allen Show for Hormel and Spam. <laughs> people, the stars of our show, George and Gracie. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, Gracie, what did you do yesterday? I went to Catalina. Oh, did you? Did you go alone? Oh, naturally. Well, that's fine. Bud, can I have my compact back? It's in your pocket. <laughs> oh, so you were there alone. Well, here, Gracie, which one is yours? Oh. <laughs> Finally got ourselves a romantic kid on the show. Oh, he's a regular Cavanova. <laughs> you mean Casanova. George, when I kiss him, they're Cavanova. <laughs> oh, yes, Cavanova. Get it? Yeah, this is my smart week this week. <laughs> okay, George. <laughs> George, would you come here a moment, please? Oh, gladly, Buck. Say, gladly. George, um, I'd like to work with Gracie. It looks so easy. It does, huh? Would you like to try it? Would I? Oh, boy. Well, how do I start? Well, all you've got to do is walk up to Gracie and say, how is your brother? Then she talks for about five years. <laughs> all I say is, how is your brother? Yes, but, but I've got a little TL for you. Yeah? In case you get in trouble and there is a slight possibility, yeah. just sing Nola. Nola? Yeah, you know, daddly do 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 Oh, well, then I start by saying, Gracie, how's your brother? Go right ahead. Okay. I'll be standing right here. <laughs> uh, Make it nice and easy, Bob. Yeah. Uh, Gracie? Yeah? Gracie, how's your brother? Oh, the most terrible thing happened last night. Did? We were awakened in the middle of the night, and there was my brother sitting up in bed, and his eyes were sticking out of his head. His eyes were sticking out of his head? Well, yeah. Well, what did you do? What did we do? We sent for a doctor, of course. Well, what did the doctor do? Well, he took Ann Sheridan's picture off the wall, and we all went back to sleep again. <laughs> Uh, Gracie, where is your brother now? Oh, he's in the east. He went to see that prize fighter, you know, the one who fights without any clothes on. There's a prize fighter who fights without any clothes on? Yeah, that's what my brother said in his letter. Just saw Galento fight there. <laughs> Well, Gracie, uh, uh, Gracie, what does your brother do for a living? Oh, he's very well fed. Oh, yes. He has two cars, lots of clothes, and he goes to Palm Springs for the winter and Lake Arrowhead for the summer. Well, what does he do for a living? Oh, he's a son-in-law. Gracie, what did your brother do before that? Oh, he was married before, you know. He's the one who was a knife thrower in vaudeville, and his wife was his assistant. Oh, he used to throw knives at his wife. Uh-huh. Well, one day before he went on the stage, he had a little too much to drink. Well, what happened? He, oh, he got married again. <laughs> well, Gracie, your brother, he sounds like quite a character. Oh, he is. Well. You know, when he was a little boy, he played a trick on my father. He switched a hot and cold faucet in the bathtub. Was your father angry? No, but he will be when he finds out. Gracie, is that the brother with the scar on his neck? Oh, yes, the appendicitis scar. Appendicitis scar? Appendicitis is way down on the side of the stomach, you yeah, see. Yeah, I know, but he was so ticklish. They, they had operate up there. here, yes. I thought so. <laughs> uh, Bud, are you happy? No. I thought so. Well, 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 here are the smoothies. Hello, Sam. Well, it's very pretty. Oh, beautiful. But, yes, it's really something. <laughs> uh, smoothies, can't you say anything without swinging like that? 
Surely, George. Anyone can do it. Nothing to it. Spam, jam, high diddle did. Now we're driving, so take it, kid. Oh, stop. Stop with that. Take it. a dancer, and every time I had Take It, Kid, I'd go right into my dance. Oh, sure. You know, George used to dance for a living. Did he make much money? Ten cents a dance. <laughs> I used to wear a bathing suit. I was dancing with tears in my eyes. Oh, oh. Well, never mind, never mind. Now, the smoothies are going to sing the woodpecker song. Just a minute, smoothies. Come in. This is what I do for a living. Hello, everybody. Say, a sound man, stop slamming the doors. You're going to break down the whole building. I know you're a very intellectual fellow because you told me last week you went four years to Harvard. And if you think that being a sound man is beneath your dignity, why don't you go back to your family? Mr. Burns, <laughs> I have two brothers. When my older brother graduated from Harvard, the dean told him he'd become a great scientist. He later won the Nobel Prize. I see. When my other brother graduated from Harvard, the dean told him he'd be a great playwright. He later won the Pulitzer Prize. That's so. When I graduated from Harvard, the dean said that I showed more promise than both my brothers put together. That was ten years ago. This is what I do for a living. <laughs> Say, sound man, I really feel sorry for you, but don't give up. After all, someday you may be like me. George, don't discourage him. Oh. <laughs> don't think I've got any talent, huh? Bubbles, what do you want? Well, Gracie, you know, today is your grandfather's birthday. He's 92 years old. Yeah, I know. I got him a gift order. You did? Mm -hmm. What does the gift? Two lessons from Madame Lazanga. <laughs> it's six lessons from Madame Lazanga. Oh, he'll never last that long. <laughs> well, I know your grandfather, neither will Madame Lazanga. Well, anyway, Gracie, tonight we're giving him that surprise party. And in order to get him out of the house, I had a promise to take him down to Earl Carroll's vanity. Well, did you take him there? No, I took him up to Mount Wilson Observatory, and he spent two hours looking through their giant telescope. What about Earl Carroll's vanity? Well, what do you think he was looking at? <laughs> Where, uh, where's the kid now? He's downstairs in the car. Oh, well, send him up, and we'll keep him here until the party tonight. All right, goodbye. Four years in Harvard. Oh, quiet, quiet. Oh, now listen, everybody. After the show, you're all invited to my grandpa's surprise party. Oh, oh we're going to have more fun. And there's going to be a big cake with six candles on it. And Six candles? Uh-huh. Your grandfather is 92 years old. Yeah, but the cake is only six. Oh, I see. It's the cake's birthday, too. Smooth, we're waiting. Morning bright and early, you wake up all the neighborhood. You bring to every boy and girlie his happy serenade on wood. Hear him picking at a melody, peck peck pecking at the same old tree. He's as happy as a bumblebee all day long. You serenade your lady, just find a tree that's shady. And when you hear that tick, 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 sing right along. Come on and try his rhythm. And let your heart beat willow. Just listen to that tick, 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 happy little woodpecker song. Listen. Peck, 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 peck. All together. Let your heart beat in rhythm to the woodpecker's song. It's a beat born bright and early. You wake up all the neighborhood. We bring with a boy and girly. His happy serenade on wood. Picking out a melody, taking up the same old tree. Happy as a bumblebee all day long. To serenade your lady. Just hear him say, 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 
just him and Tick, Tick, Tick. He's a beast on with a song. Woodpecker, Woodpecker song. Kenton, that was really a grand number. You liked it, George? We're glad you did. But now's your chance, so take it, kid. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, now, wait a minute. Stop with that take it, kid. You know, I can't keep my feet still. But it does bring back memories of Orville. I can see my billing right now in front of the theater. George Burns and Gurley. Uh, fantastic steppers. What a vehicle. <laughs> Remember, Gracie, how I used to jump four feet in the air and click my heels? Oh, yeah. And Variety said that was the only thing in the act that clicked. Say, wait a minute. Burns and Gurley was the name of the dancing act. Who was Gurley? May Robeson. All right, all right, all right, Gracie. So we're all invited to your grandfather's 92nd birthday party tonight, huh? Oh, George, please. Don't ever let my grandpa hear you say he's 92. Why not? Well, he goes around telling everybody he's only 90. Gracie, remember my birthday party last year? Oh, sure. Remember the birthday cake? Yeah, with 30 candles on it. Oh, there were a few more than that. Not on the piece I had. Oh, da da Say, George, I don't know about your age, but you certainly know how to wear clothes. Oh, thanks. That blue suit with that red tie certainly is a swell combination. Oh, thanks, bud. It's like Spam with chili sauce. Oh, thanks. I've listened to you on the radio months in and months out, and you're really great all year round. Oh, thanks, bud. Like Spam, it keeps so well. Doesn't need any refrigeration. Thanks, bud. At a dinner table, there's nothing more beautiful. What coloring? How enticing and so pretty. Oh, thanks, bud. I don't mean you. Oh, oh, I know you mean Spam. No, I mean Hetty Lamar. Oh. Well, of course, that's a swell dish, too. <laughs> I'm crazy about Spam. Oh, Bud. Say, Bud. What is it, Gracie? Give George back his compact. Oh, quiet, quiet. Which one is yours, oh, George? quiet. Hello? Just a minute. Gracie, it's for you. Uh, hello? This is Gracie Allen, Spam's Meat Heart speaking. Oh, Meat Heart. That is sweet. <laughs> oh, hello, Bessie. How are the preparations for Grandpa's surprise party coming along? What? You burned the rice pudding? Oh, there's nothing to be worried about? You put unguentine on it? I don't want to help there. Oh, what? Oh, uh, don't worry. When Grandpa arrives, we'll keep him here. Now, I can't hear you, Bessie. Talk into the mouthpiece. What? You took the mouthpiece off the phone? Oh, you're using it as a cookie cutter for cupcakes. Oh. What? Well, why can't you hear me? Well, hold the receiver closer to your ear. Oh, you're mashing potatoes with it. It's ought to be some party, boy. Say, Bessie, what are you using for a centerpiece on the table? What? Swiss cheese? Swiss cheese? That ought to make a beautiful centerpiece. Oh, sure. She puts the flowers in the little holes. Oh, very nice arrangement. Yeah. What, Bessie? You only have a dozen doilies? Oh, that'll never be enough. I can eat that many myself. Oh, yeah. They're delicious with paper napkins. Say, Bessie. Bessie, what about the boiled duck? How's it coming along? What? Huh? You can't keep any water in the pot? Why not? Oh, the duck keeps drinking it. <laughs> you mean, you mean the duck is living? If you call that living. Well, let's break this up. This is... Show, what are you going to play tonight? Well, George, we've got a new and little different arrangement of April showers. Okay, okay, Senor Lee. Gracias. Okay, George, I guess we'll have to play Alice Blue Gown. Alice Blue Gown? Say, George, just because you're a South American guitar player, Senor Lee, who can't even speak a word of English, doesn't happen to like April showers, you're not going to play it. That's right. <laughs> well, now, the April showers is a beautiful number. When April showers, oh... Will come your way. <laughs> they bring flowers that grow in May. George. And when it's rain, George. Oh, George. Oh, yeah. George. <laughs> George, yes, is, that, yes. is that April showers? Certainly. No, I don't like it either. <laughs> you don't like it? That's right. <laughs> Boy, I must really be lousy. Well, that's right. 
Okay, Artie, play Alice Blue Gown. Okay, my sweet little Alice Blue Gown. Hey, Senor Lee, wait for your cue. What are you starting so soon for? Hurry up, hurry up. I got a date. <laughs> He's got a date. George, please, this is my problem. All right, boys, ready? One, two, three, four. <laughs> Look, Senor Lee, we're doing a broadcast. It's Monday. We're on the air, and we must be finished before Friday. Take it easy. Take it easy. I can't understand what you're saying. Hmm. Foreigner. <laughs> Foreigner? Look, Artie, I've got a T.O. for you. If you don't get rid of that guy, I'm going to get rid of you. Now you're cooking with gas. <laughs> Senior Lee, I've had about enough out of you. I'm the boss of this program, and I expect to be on this show for many years. What, uh... What did he say? Don't send out your laundry. All right, Artie. Alice moved on. I really loved Alice Blugown. But the thing I, I, I enjoy most is when you pick up that clarinet. You're really swinging. You're, you're, you're just jiving there. That's yeah, it. that's sure. When he swings it, he's right in the grave. <laughs> in the grave? Senor Lee, you mean in the groove. Yes, yeah, Senor. In the, in the grave means I'm dead, buried, finished. That's right. <laughs> million guitar players of the union, and I had to wind up with this one. George. What is it? Come here. Oh, secret. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I found out plenty about that Senor Lee. I had dinner with a certain party last night, and all he spoke about was Senor Lee. Well, who did you have dinner with? Senor Lee. <laughs> you had dinner with Senor Lee? Mm, that's right. Mm, stop with that. That's right. I don't want to hear any more. That's right. I've had enough of that's right. That's right. Oh, quiet, quiet. And George. What is it? I heard that every day Artie Shaw goes down to the drugstore and drinks a malted milk through his clarinet. A malted milk through his clarinet? Uh -huh. How did that leak out? Through the hole. <laughs> well, that's the last straw. Four years and half. Quiet. Well, Gracie, look who's here. Well, don't tell me it's my grandpa. Well, I ain't a bag of flour, but I've been through the mill. Yahoo! Pick me up, Grace. <laughs> well, he practically fainted. How do you revive him? Well, just fan him. Fan him with what? With Dorothy L'Amour. Yahoo! <laughs> Pick me up, Grace. Dorothy L'Amour? Yeah, I was out with Dorothy L'Amour, and she kissed me. She kissed you? Oh, yes, George. And they were very happy, the four of them. The four of them? Yes, Dorothy, Grandpa, and the two men who held them up. 
Yeah, sticks and stones may break my bones, but she's just the one that can do it. Yeah. Yo ho, hold your hat, boys. There he goes again. <laughs> Pick me up, Grace. Come on, Grandpa. Get up on your feet and stay there. Mr. Burns. Now what's the sound, man? What do you want? An old man. 92 years old. Does nothing all day long but run around with Dorothy Lemoore. So what? This is what I do for a living. <laughs> Sound man, this may surprise you, but you're not the only one on this program with a brain. Oh, thanks, George. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, Grandpa, I want you to meet the cast. Now, this is Bud Heaston, our announcer. Well, hello, Grandpa. Well, hello, buddy boy. I'm an announcer, too. Uh, an announcer? Yeah, an announcer to a maiden's prayer. Ain't that a killer? <laughs> Gracie, what does this grandpa of yours want? Well, he'd like to be 65 and then 21 and then 65 and then 21 then and then 65, 65 and then, then 21. 21. Well, what is that for? Well, he wants to be old enough to get Social Security and young enough to enjoy it. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's nice work if you can get it. Oh, well, Grandpa, these are the smoothies. These are the smoothies? Well, blow me down. Uh, hello, Pat. <laughs> Darned if they didn't. Pick me up, Grace. Gracie. Yeah, what is it? I want to ask you something. What happens at home with this young George Alice? Oh, my grandma has a terrific time between him and the furnace. Between your grandpa and the furnace? Yeah, every time she watches one, the other goes out. Well, I've had enough. Oh, Artie, I want you to meet my grandpa. Grandpa? Yeah. Grandpa, where are you? Come in here. Be with you in a minute, Grace. So long, kid. So long, honey. <laughs> well, here comes... Uh, love comes to Andy Hardening of the arteries. <laughs> <laughs> Waited for four days. Uh, grandpa, this is Artie Shaw. Hello, Grandpa. Hiya, Corny. <laughs> I'm Corny. That's right. Seniorly, if you don't stop butting in, I'll have to punch you in the nose. Anybody show their face around here and say that? I kill him. Well, why don't you kill me? You call that a face? <laughs> get out. Get out. This is what I do for a living. Hey, sound man. You see, most of us do things that we don't want to do for a living. Take me, for instance. When I started out, I worked very hard. And after many years, I finally clicked. I don't know what it is. Maybe it was an accident. Mr. Bird. The reason for your success is that you have something that nobody else has got. Really? Where did you get Miss Allen? <laughs> well, I've, I've got a deal for you. Grandpa, get away from those drums. Gracie, <laughs> surprise party or no surprise party? Do we have to keep him here? Oh, George, you'll spoil the whole thing. No, any way that we can quiet this old guy? Well, do what we do at home. Well, what do you do at home? Well, we just give him pictures of glamour stars and bathing beauties, and he sits in a rocking chair and sings. Well, what does he sing? Wishing we'll make it so. Well, he certainly picked out a nice number. Hey, Grandpa, give me back my clarinet. Yeah, here you are, Artie boy. Wait a minute, Grandpa. Take your teeth. <laughs> Gracie, will you talk to him? Oh, yeah, Grandpa. You're going to need them for the surprise party I'm giving you tonight. You gave away the whole thing. Oh. Uh, well, say, Grace, I can't make it tonight. Kind of got a date with Greta Garbo. Greta Garbo? 92-year-old guy like you has got a date with Greta Garbo? Hello? That's right. Mm. and Gracie to return, let me suggest an easy way to give your family a grand summer supper. Serve Spam and salad. Get a can of Spam when you shop tomorrow. Open and slice this tender, delicious meat. A perfect companion for your favorite salad. You'll say it's great, too, because Spam is economical to use. So easy to fix. Surprise your family with Spam and salad tomorrow. Thank you, bud. Well, Gracie... Say good night. Oh, uh, good night. Oh, George. Yeah? George, look at the lovely roses Ray Noble just sent me. 
Ray Novo? Uh-huh. Oh, where are the flowers? Oh, right here in the package of seeds. Good night, all. Listen again next Monday night, same time and station, for another George Burns, Gracie Allen production with Artie Shaw and his orchestra and the smoothies brought to you by Hormel and Spam. Until then, this is Bud Heaston reminding you to remember that cold or hot, Spam hits the spot. Good night. The George Burns and Gracie Allen Show, on tuned to yesterday from July 8, 1940, on NBC. That particular episode would mark the first in a string of NBC shows for the comedy couple. Before that, they were on the Heinz Honey and Almond Cream program for CBS, and after two seasons with NBC, would return to the Columbia Broadcasting System in 1942 for Swan Soap. It's an hour of sitcoms on tuned to yesterday. I'm your host, Mark Levonier, and now comedy from Duffy's Tavern. A CBS broadcast from April 20th, 1951, called Archie the Lion Tamer. Duffy's Tavern, starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner. And now, here we go, friends, to Duffy's Tavern with Bert Gordon as the Mad Russian, Hazel Sherman as Miss Duffy, and starring Archie himself, Ed Gardner. Duffy's Tavern, where the elite meet to eat, Archie, the producer speaking. Duffy ain't here. Oh, hello, Duffy. You heard me, producer. Well, I, uh, I've become a movie maggot. Yeah, I, uh, produced a picture called The Man With My Face, and, uh, United Artists is handling the release. Uh, my release. No, Duffy, that don't mean they're gonna get me a pardon from the warden. Oh, it's a very good picture. In fact, I've uh, just been practicing crying. Yeah, for me acceptance speech when they hand me the Oscar. <laughs> well, the picture stars Barry Nelson and... Excuse me a second, Duffy. Hey, mister, you didn't pay for your drinks. Don't worry, I'll pay you later. I gotta get back to the circus. Oh, you're with the circus? Yeah, Flugel's the name. I'm the general manager. Oh, gee, I didn't know the circus was in town. Hmm. Hey, Duffy, huh? I forgot to tell you, my grandmother just dropped dead. <laughs> yeah, and I was wondering if... Huh? I should join my grandmother? <laughs> I guess I'll have to charm the guy over. Uh, tell me, uh, uh, Duffy, uh, how's the uh, buxom and monstrous Mrs. Duffy? She's real happy since she's been on that Hauser diet? Well, uh, what do you think of it? Since she's been on it, she looks like a couple of houses. <laughs> well, Duffy, at least she's trying to keep her girlish figure. She's not only kept it, she's doubled it. <laughs> well, uh, Duffy, as they say... Excuse me a minute, I'll call you back. Miss Duffy, what's the idea? What do you mean? How many times do I have to tell you we don't serve drinks to minors? You mean that little fellow down the end of the bar? Yeah. He's a midget from the circus. Oh. Well, what's he drinking? A jigger of beer. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why midgets drink so much. Why? Well, you know, well, drinking is a complex with midgets. They like to feel high. 
Now, I wonder if any of the other circus people will be dropping in. Well, the sword swallower had lunch here today. Uh, the sword swallower, huh? Uh, any of the silverware missing? Well, I don't like to accuse anybody. You mean that the guy actually... Well, you know how after our customers eat here, they always burp? <laughs> this one clinked. <laughs> Well, he wash it down with silver polish? <laughs> I don't know, but he seemed to enjoy his lunch. He said it tasted just like the Waldorf Astoria. It should. That's where the silverware comes from. <laughs> oh, but boy, what a racket that circus life must be, huh? Take that flugel guy that was just in here. I wonder how he got started in the circus. I don't know. He must have started as a fire eater. Fire eater? What makes you say that? He drank four straight shots of our bar rye. <laughs> Well, don't poke fun at the guy, Miss Duff. He's a big shot at Barnum and Bailey's, and maybe he can help me get back in the circus life again. What do you mean, back in circus life? Honey, ever since I was a kid, I've had sawdust in me corpse suckles. <laughs> I, I used to be assistant to the clown, you know. Him and me used to do a comedy act, and dressed up like a horse. Oh. Imagine, were you any good? Was I any good? I kept my end up. <laughs> Yeah, the circus had some great acts in them days. I'll, I'll never forget that pyramid act, you know. Nine guys standing on each other's heads. And the bottom guy holding nine of them up. <clears throat> he was a midget. Oh, wait a minute, Archie. A midget holding up nine men? Well, he wasn't a midget when the act started. <laughs> yeah, them was the days. The snake charmer, the bearded lady, the human skeleton, Jojo, the dog-faced boy... I wonder what ever happened to him. How do you do? Well, Jojo. I mean, Russian. Hey, hey, what's the matter, Russian? You look mad. Mad? I'm furious. I just went to my barber for a finger wave. What makes you so mad? Now I can't get my gloves on. But Russian. A finger wave is for your hair. What's the matter with you, Barber? Is he stupid? No, he's cross-eyed. That <laughs> must be very confusing. Bathing, too. Today I am telling him to shave me, so he's lathering my face and shaving the manicurist. Can't. Did it hurt her? Yes, it was against the grain. <laughs> Poor fellow, because of his cross-eyes, every day he's losing monia. Well, how come? He keeps putting his chips in the other barber's pocket. Oh, my God, a cross-eyed barber. <clears throat> it's a wonder Barnum and Bailey don't hire him. Uh, by the way, uh, Russian, you been to the circus yet? Most of course. I like the circus. You do, huh? Yes, everything but the freak show. Well, what don't you like about the freak show? I have too much trouble. Oh. Getting in? No, getting out. <laughs> You know something, Archie? What? Mine girl was a tattooed lady. Your girl was a tattooed lady? Yes, I have here a snapshot of her I took when she was posing with a lion. Let me see. Hey, boy, that's a ferocious-looking lion, but where's the tattooed lady? How do you like that? I guess I didn't snap the picture fast enough. <laughs> Well, that must be a great life, though, to be a circus entertainer. You know, I bet you I'd make a good ringmaster. Why? Well, I have a nice personality, a, a divine smile, a lot of charm, good, strong voice. Yeah, and you can throw it, too. I beg your pardon? The voice. Oh. In my case, in my case, I would like to be a lion tamer. You a lion tamer? Why not? But suppose one of those lions starts going for you. Don't be silly. What would a lion be seeing in me? Look, <laughs> uh, Russian, Miss Duffy was just speaking gutsatorially. Oh. Actually, lions ain't so dangerous if you use the right psychology. Psychology? Yeah. Psychology, yeah. Huh? <laughs> Yeah, you heard me, psychology. Um, say, pardon me, what caliber psychology would you recommend? Well, 
Look, Russian, don't be so sniffle. <clears throat> You're talking to a master psychologist. You know how we psychologists approach the lion today? From the rear. <laughs> no. no, with understanding and kindness. Now, say you're strolling down Fifth Avenue and you suddenly come face to face with a lion. What do you do? This is before or after lunch? <laughs> well, that depends. Uh, <clears throat> who's lunch? Uh, the lion's. <laughs> Well, all right, then, before lunch. Well, in that case, I would tip my hat and say, Buna's dears. Why would you say Buna's dears? By this time, I'm in Mexico. <laughs> well, that's where you're wrong. You see, lions have feelings, too. You gotta treat them like human beings, you know, like they was people. So when you run up against a lion, you, you, you have a good thick whip to beat him with and a chair to stick in his eye if he gets vicious and maybe a gun to blow out his brains. But above all, Brer lion should be treated with kindness. You, you got to understand each other. After all, when you analyze it, what is a lion most interested in? He's most interested in another lion. Why? Are you a lion? No. Then what do you care? <laughs> you see? The point is that the average lion has a very sweet disposition. It's just that he's so nasty that nobody notices it. Uh, as Freud himself says, a lion is just a kitten with an overactive thyroid. Archie Sigmund Freud never wrote about lions. I am referring to Floyd Freud, the veterinarian. <laughs> He says, psychologically, when a lion eats a man, uh, in other words, a homeless human being, uh, he's just eating him for inferior motives, you see. The poor lion is hungry, and naturally, he wants to satisfy his bee complex. And, in other words, it ain't a matter of whips and guns. It's a matter of inverted ego transcending over to Narcissus. Archie... You are the only man I know that can make things confusing enough for me to understand. <laughs> Thank you, Russian. Yep, my head is made up. I'm gonna be a lion tamer, guys. I can see myself already, walking into the big top. The crowd cheering. I'll be fearless, Archie, the king of the beasts. I'll walk into that cage with a steely glint in me eye, and them cats snarling at me, and I can... Down, Duffy, down. <laughs> now I'm rolling. Miss Duffy... Open your mouth. Why? I want to stick my head into it. Hey, Miss Duffy. Yeah? As soon as that guy from the circus gets back here, let me know, will you? You mean you're really serious about being a lion tamer? Of course, but I want you to know that even though I'm the star of the circus with a dozen lions eating out of me hand, I'll still nod to me old friend. It's a sin she won't be shaking hands with him. Well, I don't want to be too democratic. <clears throat> now, let's see what equipment I'll need. Uh, I still got to get a whip and a chair for me. Now, what else? Uh... How about some dental floss for the lion? It's <laughs> not just about this thing, Miss Duffy. It's, it's something I've wanted to do all my life. And now, at last, me childhood libidos can be frustrated. The more I think about it, the more it explains that dream I had last night. What dream? I dreamt I was right in the middle of three rings. Three rings, huh? Yeah, and what else could that mean but a circus? I don't know. Have you checked your bathtub lately? <laughs> you see if you can get a pass to the circus sometime. Just to show you that I know what I'm talking about, I'm going to call the guy from the circus right now. Hello, Barnum and Bailey? Mr. Flugel there? No, huh? Well, uh, let me talk to Mr. Barnum. Oh, I'm sorry to hear it. <laughs> well, uh, then let me talk to Mr. Bailey. Him too? <laughs> Well, it's 
nice that the partners are still together. <laughs> I, I guess they ain't got much kick. It was a circus for them while they lasted. <laughs> Uh, well, look, I, I happen to be looking for a good buy in an untamed lion. Uh, what size did I have in mind? Something in the... It's a shame to take it away from its mother's size. <laughs> What'd you say, sir? Huh? Would I be interested in a young tiger that's full of life? Uh, well, that depends. Whose life is he full of? <laughs> well, uh, what kind of a looking tiger is he? Oh, He's standing right next to you. Is he real ferocious? <clears throat> well, look, I, I don't want an animal that's too wild. However, if you could guarantee me that... Uh... Hello? Hmm. <laughs> what happened? I think he just joined Barnum and Bailey. <laughs> Let me see. Where am I going to get a lion? You know... A real ugly beast with flappy ears and shaggy hair. Oh, I hear you calling me. <laughs> You're a little shaggier than I had in mind, Russian. But maybe, maybe you do. You think you could become a lion? Why not? Two years ago, my father became an elk. <laughs> Look, cut the comedy, Russian. Look, my stuffy, come here. Yeah. Hand me that old buggy whip. Oh, here you are. Okay, thanks. Now, Russian, up on your hind legs. Good. Now, growl at me like a lion. No. <laughs> uh. Feeling nasty today, eh, Bengal? <clears throat> well, take that. And that. Please, if you don't mind, that whip just cut the suspenders off my pants. Shut up, Russian, and get back into character. I'd rather get back into my pants. <laughs> what we lion tamers have to put up with. Now stand back, everybody. As Phil Asachi walks to the... Hey, Miss Duffy, whose dog is that over there? Mine. I just got him. Uh, what do you want with a dog? Well, with all the strange men running loose in this neighborhood, a girl like me needs a dog. What is he, a retriever? <laughs> Wait a minute, let me look at him. Hey, he's a... He's a Doberman Punchy, ain't he? A Doberman Punchy? Who ever heard of such a thing? Just shows you how much you know about dogs. Well, what is he? He's a Duesenberg. <laughs> say, uh, say, Archie, how's about the line taming act? I'm sorry, Rush, you're fired. The dog looks smarter than you do. So, okay, so he has a higher part uh, go ahead and train him. Archie, you mean a fearless lion tamer like you is going to poke chairs at my little dog? Stuffy, the psychology is the same with dogs as with a lion. Same psychology, only with a little dog like this, you just use less of it. <clears throat> just a matter of showing him that, uh, that fearless Archie ain't afraid of him. Now watch me. Rover, come towards me. Rover, come here, come towards me. Quick, Miss Duffy, grab him before he goes out the door. Okay. Look, look, he's shaking. He's scared to death. Of course he's scared. He knows when he's met his equal. <laughs> now, put him on a bar over there, Russian. Okay. Thanks. Now, Rover, shake hands. Rover, shake hands. Maybe he's waiting for a formal introduction. <laughs> I'll use reverse psychology. Rover. Don't shake hands. There, you see how quick he obeyed that one? Archie, why don't you have him do arithmetic? You mean give the answers to addition and subtraction? Yes. But who around here will know if he's right or wrong? Problem. We'll find out. Rover, now uh, put on your thinking cap. Now, what is two plus two? Come on, Rover, concentrate. Two plus two. Rover, it begins with an F. Not that I'm being jealous, but I think I could do it better. Oh, yeah? What is two plus two? Oof, oof, oof. 
Well, after all, you're a human being. Are you kidding? Hey, I got an idea. Maybe he ain't uh, just up on his addition. Let's try him on subtraction. Now, Rover, how much is two minus two? You're right, nothing. <laughs> you see, it's just like I told you. It's a matter of psychology. <laughs> Mr. Flugel, the general manager of the circus. Hello, Archie. I came back to pay for those drinks. You, a colleague, pay for drinks? A colleague? Yeah, I figure you and me may be working together one of these days. Well, I do need an assistant, but uh, have you ever worked in a circus? Well, yes and no. I, I guess I did if you count that season I was going steady with the Siamese twins. <laughs> you have any fun? Yes and no. <laughs> And in addition to that, not, uh, not that I want to brag, but I, I trained the big cats for years. I see. And how are you on dogs? Oh, pretty good. <laughs> Why, are you interested? Uh, certainly. It's an important part of my business. Dogs, huh? Well, uh, I'm a schlemelian that can change his spots. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Duffy, where's Rover? He's over there in the bar. He hasn't moved a muscle in the last three hours, except to scratch himself. Oh, we better have him determinized. <laughs> now, now watch this, Mr. Flugel. Uh, Rover, come here. Rover, play dead. Pretty good, huh, Mr. Flugel? But he's just laying there. He isn't acting. What do you want from a poor little mutt, Lutton Fontaine? <laughs> I'll show you another trick. Rover, uh, go over there and eat the free lunch. Rover, go over there and eat the free lunch. Hey, I'm Mr. Flugel. He didn't even move. That shows you how smart he is. <laughs> and now for our next trick. What's the next trick? Arithmetic. You mean he can count? Well, I don't say that he can do advanced calcium. <laughs> but uh, he does a system of blocks to take the place of digits, uh, what he calls his digitalis system. <laughs> But there's one thing you got to remember. What's that? When he don't bark, that means zero. I see. Now get this, Flogo. Rover, what's two minus two? Ow, 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 ow. <laughs> two minus two is four. Well, you know how dogs love to exaggerate. <laughs> well, uh, Flogo, you see how well me and the animals get along? Uh, do I get the job? Well, as I said, I do need an assistant, but... Uh... Say no more. I'll be back in the nuts with me whipping me chair. <clears throat> Gang, take care of Mr. Flugel till I get back. Huh? Okay. Okay, Archie. Uh, say, Mr. Strudel. Yes? Uh, all my life, I have wanted to be in a circus. Even as a boy, I wanted to be a bearded lady. What happened? My sister beat me to it. <laughs> Now, just a minute. There seems to be some mistake about my circus. Why? Aren't you with Barnum and Bailey? Certainly not. I own and manage Flugel's Flea Circus. You have a flea circus? Yes. With fleas? Of course. <laughs> well, boys, I'm back. Bring on the big cats. Archie, I think there's something you should know. Don't bother me. I got business with Mr. Flugel. But this circus of his... Look, is... butt out of this, will you? <clears throat> well, Flugel, what about that job? I'm, uh... Just itching to get started. If you think you're itching now, where'll you get to the circus? <laughs> yeah, huh? Now, tell me, how many animals do you have? Oh, a few thousand. A few thousand, huh? Boy, the place must be really jumping with them, huh? It is. Wonderful thing, them animals. You, you really get to love them, don't you? Yes, they do get under your skin. <laughs> now, one favor I'd like to ask, Flugel. Uh, uh, I'd like to be there at feeding time. Don't worry, you will be. <laughs> Gee, thanks. Uh, tell me, uh, what do you feed your animals? Oh, no special diet. We just let them eat a little off the trainer's arm. <laughs> In the long run, wouldn't horse meat be cheaper? 
Google. Them animals of yours don't seem to be very tent-broken. <laughs> well, they do get a little pesky sometimes. Last week, six of them ran away. Ran away? Did you find them? Oh, yes. Where? In my bed. <laughs> In your bed? What size animals have you got? Oh, just average size, please. Oh, well, and that... Would you mind to repeat that? <laughs> Mr. Flugel runs a flea circus. A flea circus? Then why are you interested in me? It's not you, Archie. It's your dog, Rover. <laughs> me dog? Yes, the way he keeps scratching himself. You see, for Flugel's flea circus, I am also the talent scout. <laughs> Holy cat, a flea circus after me wasting all that time learning to be a lion tamer. Miss Duffy. Yeah? Hand me me chair, me whip. And a magnifying glass. Hello? Oh, hello, Duffy. Yeah, well, uh, have a good time and he'll be with you next week. It's time to leave Duffy's Tavern for now, but be sure to be with us again next time for another hilarious get-together at everybody's favorite tavern. Duffy's Tavern, on Tuned to Yesterday, from April 20th, 1951, on CBS. And that wraps this hour of sitcoms on Tuned to Yesterday. Be sure to be with us next time for more great programs from Radio's Yesteryear. Until our next hour together, I'm Mark LeBonier. Thanks for listening. <laughs>